That's well. the thing with cycling in general too. Say like other sports, you have very limited events you do maybe, but with cycling, it's like, especially cycling, even use the top riders in cycling, they actually win very little in comparison to how much they're racing. Mm -hmm. When you actually think about it, they do like 80 race days a year. They win like five a year. Mm -hmm. Welcome everyone to another episode of... Coaches on couches. Being slouches. Today, we've got Mason Schofield on the couch. The man has gone from zero to hero in the cycling world. We'll talk about it a little bit, or a lot bit. We're going to talk about Mason's Until the batteries die. Until the batteries, yeah. <laughs> Mine or the cameras. <laughs> yeah. We're going to talk about Mason's rise from a uh, basically a novice cyclist to a racing basically professionally at this point, in a very short amount of time, around, f what, 14 months? Mm -hmm. All right. We'll get to Mason in just a minute. But first, I am Coach Dale Sanford. I am Coach Johnny Brown. And I am Coach Bryant Funston. We are three of the coaches here at BPC Performance Coaching, where we specialize in helping time-crunched athletes optimize their busy schedules so they can maximize their <clears throat> athletic performance. You can find out more about BPC by going to buildpeakcompete.com checking out Facebook and YouTube at Build Peak Compete. And just to be confusing, all up on that Instagram at BPC Performance. So I've thought about changing the Instagram many, many times, but then I'm like, well, every podcast we've done so far is going to be wrong. Just the, roll with it. The so. problem is now too, once you change it, if you want to change back, you can't for a certain amount of time now. There you go. I'm so not. if you change your account and you're like, I don't really like it. I want to go back. You're limited and you got to stick with it for a while. Johnny knows because he was changing his every other day for a while there. I've had the same Instagram account since <laughs> I started my Instagram, actually. <laughs> I've always had the same. J star for everything. Exactly. You don't want to know All what. All five posts. All, All five, five posts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got Mason on the couch here. So the gist of it is, Mason, let's just with it. Fast forward. Mason decided to get into cycling, started racing, demolished some people early on, and then kept working. And now he's racing basically D1 uh, crit races uh, 14 months later. So we're going to backtrack a little bit, read a little Tarantino here. So, <laughs> Mason, give everybody like a little background on your, like sports in general. Did you grow up playing sports? Like, how was that? Yeah, so grew up in a super athletic family, like had two older brothers that were uh, really talented football players. Um, so they were definitely kind of like the, definitely the whole athletic like nature going around the family, but I actually really didn't. I mean, I played like, I played some flag football, which was, you know, those were, I peaked then. Oh, dangerous. Um, yeah, uh, that was, uh, those were the glory days. But uh, yeah, I did a little bit like in elementary school, but just the team sport thing wasn't really my thing. Like I, I remember trying to get into it. Like I tried a cross country practice one time and it was like, it was fun, but I just, the commitment kind of worried me and really like, I just kind of stuck to, we grew up racing motocross and I was kind of the only one that stuck with it through the teenage years. I, 
I mean, obviously, that went hand in hand. You know, I loved riding my mountain bike on the weekends and stuff. It's just like a fun thing, you know, throw some gym shorts on and go hit the trails. Uh, people used to joke around. They thought I lived on the Wolf River Trails. But, uh, Who's that homeless boy living yeah. on the Wolf River Trails? <laughs> they all used to, it was a uh, poppy seal binder stopped me one time. I was like, I think That's there's the pain a, train, baby. The pain You're train. In You're in luck. <laughs> She, uh, she was like, yeah, I basically actually thought you had like a tent somewhere. She's like, we, we were all trying to see if there was just like some like weird shelter you had built. But uh, yeah, didn't really play a whole lot of sports growing up other than racing motorcycles. Uh, I was literally the dorky band brother. So. But you, you clearly loved uh, riding your bike. Yeah, loved uh, anything two wheels. Like I was always growing up, like I, I've been a big proponent of like, I called it like mechanical art was always a thing. So like anything with two wheels, love like looking at bicycles, watching bike races. It was, it was super cool. Like I used to love like GCN and its infancy. Mm. like uh just watching all these different little like vlogs and stuff and it was just cool like specialized had all that stuff growing up about like all the world cups and stuff so i was like huge fan of the sport and just anything two wheels um now how old are you now let's give some context growing up i'm like that wasn't that long ago dude yeah (laughs) (laughs) so growing up two years ago no uh, i'm uh, 23 do you remember when you were 23 dale uh not much of it. johnny's actually the third oldest here that got, makes me feel old. We got now. the youngest guy over here. Mason's. Uh, it starts, Johnny. Don't like it that. Starts. <laughs> Do not like that. All right, so let's sort of fast forward now. Yeah. You love riding your bike. You decide you wanted to try out road racing. Yeah. So we get like I had dabbled in it a little bit as a teenager and just wasn't very good at it. And just pretty quickly, it was like I like dirt bikes. Um. So fast forward, get get into college, the pandemic breaks out. Um, and right before the pandemic broke out, I still had a road bike uh, and was riding it like to class a couple of times. I was like, this is really fun. I went on like a couple of road rides, but like never anything crazy. Um, and then we get back and all the streets are closed. There's no one out there. And it was like, I can go ride down Poplar right now on my road bike and not see a single car. This is really cool. And was like doing some stuff at some bike shops and like was just kind of enjoying like sort of getting to getting to live that life of just like getting up and riding and like being healthy like I hadn't I hadn't worked out in so long and like was kind of discovering like how good it feels to exercise and just like not you know not you know always ache and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like it was just it was cool like it was this kind of cool point of like getting to sort of grow up a little bit and like just the world was kind of a scary place at that time and it was just very easy to sort of make sense and just chill out and just go ride my bike and you know go hit all these local little early morning group rides and stuff it was such a fun group of people so is that when you realized your fitness was progressing really quick like at what point did you say to yourself yeah i i want to give this road racing stuff a try so it was in your mind did you go from i wanted to see how far i could go with this Mm -hmm. or was this i wanted to just go do a road race and see what happens. Trying to take a KOM of yours on Harbor Town. And oh. yeah, so Did you? I know. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it's still there. I we think. would have ended well, this. Not uh, until after this <laughs> conversation. <laughs> we won't even talk about CD Smith. There's this ongoing uh, talk about the road that this train runs by right behind us here. Pain train. That uh, Johnny's going to try to tie. I've had that That's one for a long happen. time. Anyway, so trying to take a Harbor Town. <laughs> yeah, so after uh, work one day, I was like, you know, I just like, there's this KOM, I always ride this road. Like, it's a tailwind that day. I was like, kind of getting into like looking at wind direction and stuff. I, that was probably the furthest I ever gotten to really paying attention, Johnny can say. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember riding and like going hard. And I don't know any other way to describe this. This sounds probably super goofy to anyone, but I'm pedaling and out of nowhere, I just like, shifted my body in this certain way which really what it was was like locking my core in place and i was like i'm going fast right now like this is cool and this isn't like i'm not dying like this is like 
I'm going like, you know, like it used to be the thing was like, I want to go over 20 miles an hour. And it's like, mm-hmm. I'm doing it. And this is like, this is doable. And like, yeah. this is really cool. And like, I just feel like I kept imagining Peter Sagan uh, from uh, Richmond Worlds when he made his attack. And I literally like, it's not, it's so dorky, but it's like, I was just thinking about that and was like, like, I kind of like, I'm envisioning like, this is fun. I was like, you know, I maybe want to like do some races. Like if nothing else, like I just want to keep going fast like this. Yeah. It's like Ricky Bobby. There like. <laughs> <laughs> we go. That's awesome. <clears throat> So, uh, unfortunately, when you, in this time, there were no races. No. Like, there was no options. Mm-mm. So, you know, it, to some extent, you had a little bit extra time to build fitness. Yeah, absolutely. And, and kind of get a head start. Where, mm-hmm. um, what what made you, or what was the deciding factor to jump into that first race? Um, It probably started a lot with, like, I feel like vlogging started getting really popular during the pandemic. And you start watching all these guys like vlogging at races like that were, you know, kind of right as like some of the races were coming back. And you're like, man, this looks like that would be a cool thing to aspire for. Like, and then there were just like, I got to talk to some cool guys. I got to talk, uh, Alexi Vermeulen. Um, mm-hmm. at one point he and I got connected and I remember he was one of the guys that like pretty quickly, it wasn't so much. I want to do races. It was, I want to see how far in the sport I can move up. Gotcha. Like I, I just, you know, I feel like there's this kind of window of like, maybe not even age, but just like me wanting to do it, me having the time and the lifestyle to do it. And I remember just like him and a couple of people, uh, even some of my good friends were just like, dude, go for it. Like, if that's yeah. what you want to do. Like, Full send, man. You're passionate about it. Like, go go try it. And it was like, I I just kind of decided, like, you know, at the end of the day, even if it didn't work out, I'd be more disappointed if I didn't try it. And I'd be way happier, you know, hanging up the wheels, knowing, like, hey, I swung for the fences and I, you know, missed and hit myself with the bat. But, like, at least it was, you know, at least it was fun. Yeah, I got we, to, we, we chatted about that yeah. some last year yeah uh, on it so your first race let's we'll be kind of quick on this yeah. and spend more time sort of in the meat of the whole thing mm-hmm. but first race was sumatanga <laughs> yeah. the race this guy uh jacks his clavicle up both, your first I mean, broken bone mm-hmm. right? both of us and me. yeah your yeah. experience in your first race was <laughs> yeah. i uh we get to the finish and i'm thinking oh my gosh i'm like have a chance at like i could get on the podium at my first road race and then i'm just see sky ground sky ground and start tumbling and get up bikes cracked wheels are tacoed someone had just given me like a brand new jacket to wear and it was just ripped in half and i was like my friend had taken off of work to drive me to this race and help me and like support me and we stayed together and i remember just being in the car and he was like just best friend all through high school and just literally like i'm teary-eyed and he's just like i know this hurts it's like it's gonna be okay <laughs> that was nice of him. That hurts. Yeah. i thought you were gonna say he unfriended you <laughs> I did. Yeah, we we haven't talked since actually. <laughs> That's awfully nice of him because uh, I had to walk my own bike back to the car and uh, load it onto the back. And yep. Brian's like, "Ah, oh, you, you okay?" <laughs> like, nah, I can't raise my arm, mm-hmm. and then my shoulder hurts like hell. I, but. I bought you a few beers on the way home to ease the pain. <laughs> so. Mid strength beer and an Advil. <laughs> That's a partner. <laughs> uh, so you you decided to stick with it clearly. Yeah. So you bounce back quick from that and so just run us through that first year because you yeah. ended up upgrading so it's like every race mm-hmm. i think you were in a different category so we did sumatanga and right after that was like i don't have a bike like well this was cool but like time to figure something else out and i remember will tucker again in Ladding, uh texted me and he was like hey i 
I heard you crashed. It's really sags. You had a really cool bike. It was, he kept calling it, it was an Eddie Mercs. He kept calling it the Mercs. Oh, he's yeah. like, man, I just, you know, the Mercs is the end of an era because don't worry. I know you want to do this. We're going to get you set up on something cool. Oh, that's awesome. And I remember we had this meeting and it was Rise. I started working for him and he was like, you know what? You're about to invest a lot in helping me grow my company and I want to invest in helping you chase your dream. So I'm going to set you up with a road bike and I mean, that went, that turned into a road bike, him making sure that I, I mean, I used to take the shop van to races, like, I mean, really, like, just took me under the wing and just made sure, like, I don't know, it was sort of this mutual thing of, like, I, <laughs> I literally gave him a little gift uh, for our opening, it was kind of an inside joke, but on the back, it said, thanks for helping me chase my dreams, I want to help you chase yours, too, and it was sort of just that mutual thing that we had of, like, you know, he would let me take time off to go to races, which was cool. Cause like, I, you know, it was dorky. I was that, you know, cat four, cat three, that was like, you know, borderline sleeping in the van going to races. Cause I just wanted to do it. Like, it was hey, just, you weren't, you weren't homeless on the Wolf River Trails. No, right? I was not. <laughs> it was in the, the back of a Mercedes least, Sprinter, actually. The man at least has a van now <laughs> yeah. down by the river. There he is. But yeah, so just started doing literally every race I could. I mean, started going like, I pretty quickly got from four to three. And then once you're a three, you can do one, two, three races. So I got to go do music city, okay. which the crit series in Nashville, which was awesome. It was like, it's just, it was such a good, like just friendly environment. Like I, it was cool just seeing all these people. And it was like this cool race where like, I never heard people cheering in a bike race before and like raced under the lights at like in the dark. It was so cool. And I uh, got to do those started like getting a little experience, like going faster in races, attacking and, um yeah that kind of did that got some points and then got to tiger lane and got the cat 2 upgrade um from the state champs race which was that was so brutally hot that day that was <laughs> i don't think there's been a not hot uh tiger lane <laughs> state championship the last two have been miserable it's still in my skin suit afterwards laying in a swimming pool just like trying to bring myself back to life but uh yeah i got the two upgrade there and then i mean Probably two weeks later, a guy that ran a team called Space City, it was a U23 development uh, thing that he had started. Um, and he called me and basically said, hey, we have a spot. We want to let you guest ride. Uh, we have a couple of mutual friends. He's like, I've heard you've kind of made like some really big moves. And uh, just, you know, if you, do you want to come race a USA crit? You want to do the D1, like the big, the big race? And I said, yes. I remember driving down there, like on borderline hyperventilating of like, this is going to be so bad. Like I'm in so much trouble. I'm in way over my head. Like, And it worked out. It was, it was super cool. Well, it was the like, first race was Birmingham Hammerfest. Yeah, I remember yeah, being yeah. there and you, you hung tight the entire race, right? Yeah, Finished we were there. The, yeah. Yeah. And that was a course that was a, it was a short course. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of people that got shelled on that. Just because it was fairly technical, mm -hmm. just due to the nature of how small it was. I was so scared of getting dropped that I basically put myself just dead center in the washing machine. It was just like, I have just, you know, like the part, everyone's swirling around in the race trying to fight for positions. And just like, I just wanted to be up there. I remember like first race, get caught in a crash. Like didn't even understand how pits work. Just all the officials were yelling like, do this, do that, do this. You stay over here. And then like they send me back in and yeah, it, uh, it ended up working out. I got to finish it. I think I was 33rd the first one which like it was i was all bummed about it and then i get done and they're like no like that's awesome like you you finished like yeah. going was, from the drive down there where you're in over your head yeah. to finishing 33rd it's yeah. so much like <clears throat> this would be a side tangent we could get into but s there's so much mental yeah. that goes into all of this stuff and yeah. confidence like us three coaches have talked mm -hmm. a bunch about how mentality is a huge aspect to it but confidence like we'll we'll sometimes when we're designing a program for someone it may not be the perfect from like a structure standpoint, but 
if you're wanting your athlete to get some wins, you know, from, from their training, mm-hmm. as opposed to getting done with each one, like, oh, totally, totally maxed out, um, that plays into it. Mm-hmm. So you build confidence yeah. and, and that's, you know, that's a huge thing. And it was, and it was cool. Like I remember being in the race and there's someone bumping my elbow and I look over and see a Legion jersey and I'm like, oh my, like, this is so like, it was like a little like fangirl moment. And then, <laughs> and then you said, sorry, sir. And <laughs> yeah, literally as, as you know, I will say sorry at the top of my lungs in a race. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, so much of the confidence thing too. I mean, that was like, what was so cool when we started working together was like just getting to understand like, Hey, it's not always going to be perfect. Like, mm-hmm. Hey, things go wrong. Like at the end of the day, like, you know, that's, that's what we're here to do on top of building your fitness. Like you need to be happy. You need to have balance and you need to like be confident. Exactly. No, so I think, I think the important, an important thing to note here, and I mentioned it in the beginning is that all of this from the time that you decided to do basically get on a bike to the time you are now racing D one races is just over a year. Mm-hmm. Like it's very, very, Super very quick. quickly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, it does not happen normally. Yeah. It was like, six or seven months of, you know, I'm on the street and Sumatanga, you know, sleeping on the Wolf River trails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we're stealing uh, a van. And, suddenly yeah. he's, uh... <laughs> and then now I've had this meteoric rise to, you know, helping a teammate clean his road rash like after a big crit. Like. Uh-huh. That's a skill in of itself. That's a different, different session. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, so now we're towards the end. Did you do more of those D1 races yeah. that year? Because there so, was still Athens or something was after that mm-hmm. still, right? So that was a that was actually a pretty crazy year. So after that race, I went and did the one two race at Joe Martin. Um, the stage race. Okay. So then it was that was when they still put us on the UCI course the first day. So we got to do like the monster. It was literally the longest ride I'd ever done was that race. It was uh climbing Mount Gaylor. I remember there's a picture of it somewhere where it, my tongue's literally upside down in my mouth. I don't know how that's physically possible, but I was just jersey unzipped dying. But uh Got to do that. That was a cool experience. Got some, I think I got a top 10 on the crit, I want to say. Um, tough crit too. And then that crit is, that's just such a cool area. Like yeah. that's, it's so hard, but it's just, it's just cool. Like it's, it's downtown Fayetteville. Yep. And uh, God, after that did El Paso, which was, I just didn't know what I was doing. I still hadn't figured out that like, Hey, you can't just, you know, do this crazy 20 hour drive and expect to be amazing at a bike race. Like, you know, the next day. And then we had this, like, we had like a three hour long ride that morning. Like it was, it was super goofy. Um, so that perfect. one went rough. I, uh, Johnny, do you approve of that? Uh, that scenario? Like perfect pre-race plan. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> just like coach Johnny would script it up there. Oh yeah. And, uh, that was pretty tough. I remember that was a very silent drive back of like, man, like that just like, was that it? Was that the best I'm ever going to do? And then we get to Winston Salem. Uh, so that was the last, I want to say the last race of the year for me before the most hotly debated race in Memphis, um, grit and grind. But, uh, we, (laughs) we get to Winston Salem and I was so nervous. I was like, I just got dropped out of El Paso. Like, this is like, this is going to be so bad. And I had a climb on it and it was like. I'm in this. Like, this is cool. Like, I'm not like, I'm not even hanging on to the back. Like, I'm like on the front of the race. Like, I didn't know there was a break up the road at the time, but it was like, I'm like, I kind of feel like I belong a little bit. And then got, it was my first top 20. It was like, I got an 18th there. Huge. And I just remember it was like this crazy moment of like sitting down. I was the only guy on the team that finished. And it wasn't, not to say that as like a bragging thing, but it was so cool to get back and all these guys that, <clears throat> I had looked at of being these insanely fit dudes were all sitting there like, you did awesome. Like that mm-hmm. was insanely cool to watch. And they're all pumped. And it was that first, like, this is sweet. Like, like validation. Yeah, to the whole exactly. Thing. Well, you were having a great, uh, so Dale and I actually were sitting, uh, in this, this here office of his slash studio slash watching the, the U S pro road yeah. race last year that, that you guys were both mm-hmm. in. And I mean, you were hanging tight 
for the first half before mm-hmm. flat, right? That was down? the first mechanical I'd gotten in a race. Well, it's because you'd only done six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like you're still like 12 months into racing bikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, it was really like, I got a flat tire. What do I do? I just did what I saw on TV. I was like, I think, what was it? Like, is it front wheels left hand, back wheels right hand or something like that? Wait, I got it. You do like David Miller second. and just throw your bike? And, I uh, almost an option. <laughs> yeah, I just threw my hand up. The guy comes out and I'm just yelling what rotor size I have and it's my front wheel and he's just there. Like, I don't like, he's like freaking out. I'm all nervous because I don't know what's going on. Uh-huh. And, like, I can sometimes not be the most even keel person in that. And, uh, yeah, so that was, I was so upset after that because it's like, man, like I had like, I felt like I was doing well. And no. then I get to the, I get to the curb, I get back and I call, I'm very close to my older two brothers. And I recall the middle one and I'm, I'm tearing up. Like I'm upset about it. And, uh, he's like, wait, so you got a flat? And I'm like, yeah, he goes, have you gotten a flat before? And I remember it went from like crying to this weird, like almost insane laughter of like, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> First for everything. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we get to the end of successful first first mm-hmm. year. I mean, if you if you go back and rewind it all, and if you'd ask yourself when you're on the concrete in uh, Sumatanga where you would end up that year, huge progress. Yeah, I'd have said gains. flipping burgers, not you know doing that. Like yeah, it was, right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So now, kind of talk us through where y- y'all two's relationship sort of kicked off. Yeah. So we get done with Winston Salem. I get back and um the grit and grind gravel race was going on. And I remember Will, the guy that I'm ladding, it was just another one of those like super generous things. He's like, hey, this race is coming up. It'd be really cool if you did it. He's like, if you want, here's a gravel bike you can use. Um we'll get it set up for you. You can spend some time on it before. Like however you want to set it up, you can do it. Um and then let's let you do the race. I think you'd be good at it. And like worst case, like it'll be a fun thing for ladding. Like you'll mm-hmm. get to go out and just represent. And it was cool because like I hadn't gotten to do a lot of local races at that point. So it was just fun like seeing people that I knew. Yeah. And uh then we get to the start line and they call old Johnny Brown up. And I remember one being like, I've heard about this guy because, again, I was always a fan of the sport. I'd been this huge fan of him and his brother, but really more so, I'd known more about you. Um, <clears throat> and I just remember being so nervous, like genuinely, like it's probably kind of funny now. I don't know how much we've really talked about this, but I was just like a nervous wreck going into the race and was like, just do what he does. Like, just follow him. It was him, you, and Aiden Reuter at the time. It was just like, I just got to like follow these guys and like worst case, if it doesn't go well, like, you know, we'll figure that out but like let's just just see how long you can hang on and i remember it ended up being what like the three of us off the front of the race and then on, you got a flat at the end which sucked and then it, <laughs> i was on a borrowed bike yep. also <clears throat> yeah johnny was on a bike that was like eight Pretty sizes sure too was, large was yeah <laughs> johnny was in the drop i might like as standing well up. have been on a cruiser i was <laughs> yeah. so thankful that you were you were actually giving some draft <laughs> i was like oh thank thank goodness <laughs> This guy's height of his handlebars is I still uh, remember the attack draft. was so funny because you stood up and your height didn't change. It, you the just bars, anymore. <laughs> my saddle was lower than the bars. It's perfect bike fit. Yeah. Perfect yeah. bike fit. It's great. Yeah. No, I remember barely being able to catch y'all's two wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you guys were gone. I was like, oh, that's it. I got to be there. And I was flat out on the rivet when I caught back onto you. And I was like, if they do any sort of acceleration right here, I'm gone. And fortunately, I got like just enough. Rec- I suffered through that whole first lap and like barely. Did I attack the first lap? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That first, that's line. a good strategic yeah, plan first right there. Of first <laughs> lap. Yes. Yes. You were, you were hitting it. Um, all right. So get to know each other mm-hmm. and we're the end of 
you know, 2022 season. Mm -hmm. And that's when you guys essentially started working together more. And then you formally came on as a coached athlete closer Mm -hmm. to November, December. Um, but what did, what did y'all talk about? Like, what was the, as, as we're at that spot Mm -hmm. and we're looking towards 2023 Mm -hmm. season now, right? We're into 2023. No, we're going into 2022. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, because this was at the end of 2021. That's right. And I had just come back to America from Europe. Mm-hmm. And I came to Grant and Grind because we were moving to Murfreesboro. Um, and I stopped on the way. And I remember seeing this Space City kid. Just like, I'm like, why is this kid from Texas here? No idea who he is. And I knew <laughs> Space City just from like, and I knew uh, the kid that runs it. So I'm like, why is one of the Texas kids up here? Um, and then that's how I met him was there. And then I invited him to come ride with me in Middle Tennessee. Um, that's kind of, then I kind of started helping them out through 2022. That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's dive into, we'll call this chapter, chapter two now, 2022. Mm-hmm. You've now had some decent results. Um, what's 2022 look like? Did you change your training? Did you, how was your approach to that year? I don't think a lot changed. I <clears throat> like mentally a lot had changed of like, okay, I have this goal. I want to do the pro nationals road race. That was like going into it. I've been told that was an option. If I got, cause I was a two at this point, I've mm-hmm. been told if I get my one upgrade, I can apply and get like the UCI license and then I can do pro nationals. They'll get me an entry. Yeah. So that was everything. Like I did not care about any other race that year other than I need to get points. So, I mean, I was doing all the early season Texas stuff, which like, I was doing it out of this, like, uh, this is like the only stuff early in the year that, <clears throat> which shows how little I know. I thought that was like it. And I, uh, which ended up being cool. Cause that's like Texas racing. That was incredible There's to get to see that. It. Yeah. And it, it was awesome. It's hard too. Mm-hmm. like Texas early spring stuff, especially like in now day America, that road racing will be the hardest road racing you can do in America for sure. Oh really? Mm-hmm. And it's very like spring classic wise with weather. It can be it can be nice, but majority of the time it's cold and raining. So is it? And they race hard. Texas throughout the year, or Texas primarily spring. S- Texas spring gotcha. road racing, at least. I mean, Texas racing in general is probably some of the best you'll get in the country. Um, so they have a lot of strong riders, and that's like, if you want road racing now in America, that's the place to go. Gotcha. And yeah. how how did it all go for you? It was great. I remember the first day. It was so it was Lago uh, Lago Vista, and it was the I think it was like all over crit drama. There was a truck in the middle of the finish line, and like I had Perfect. just you know <clears throat> as I just hyped it mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of those goofy things. Like it just it that was just like that day. Just something funny happened. There ended up being a truck on course, and like it really didn't. It was in front of the finish line. Like it was past it, so gotcha. it really didn't. But like it was just chaos. I was like somewhere just mid pack in the sprint um because you know it was that's a common theme for 2022 of uh blowing matches like crazy thinking i was superman and uh the second day was incredible i one of my teammates kind of like rode just slightly in front of everyone and i was like i'll just get on his wheel and get on his wheel and then we hit a climb kind of hard and i turn around and it's like 15 of us and that's it and it's like i just made the break like this is is that how that works? Like, okay, this is cool. And then we get to the end and like, I was so tired and didn't understand fueling and just cramped up in the sprint. I think ended up like, I probably is inaccurate, but I think it was like eighth or ninth. Like it wasn't, it wasn't anything like, I guess to write home about in my head, but also it was like, it was cool. Like I did mm-hmm. well in like a big race. Like that was, yeah. Another one's a little small victories. Yeah. So at this point, are you, are you still kind of like winging your training or is that, or, 
are you, is this that now where you're kind of like listening to what JB's been telling you, or you're just kind of filtering through what you think is BS coming from a guy that's raced in Europe. (laughs) So pretty much whatever he said. So I had a coach at the time, his name was Lucas wall and Lucas was great. And I, uh, I was doing stuff, but one of the big issues were like, he was in Michigan. I was here like, and I was just one of those people. I knew so little that I really did need someone like actually seeing what I was doing. And it got great because riding with them on these Sunday rides. And then the few times I could go on like a Saturday or sometime, like it just, I would just get all these little like tidbits of advice. Like, Hey, do this. Hey, do that. Hey, you're going way too hard right now. Like don't get in that gray zone. Uh, like just little things like that. So it was like always giving me, giving me advice, which was great. Cause I remember like I would throw off my entire training plan for the week purely cause I wanted to go up and ride with them. Mm-hmm. Cause it was like, I just knew that no matter what, even if I just destroyed myself physically riding with them, cause I wasn't like, I didn't have a base. I wasn't like capable of doing that, but I just wanted to hang on cause it was cool. Like, one, getting to ride with someone that I looked up to still do. And then on top of that, just getting to like learn all these little bits that he had learned, not just from like someone telling him, but from like, Hey, I applied this in a big race and it worked or it didn't work. And mm-hmm. just like, actually being like, okay, like I believe him. So what was training volume like for you? Would you say, were you uh, trying to train a lot? Were you like reading stuff on the pros mm-hmm. and these vlogs? And you're like, wow. Oh, yeah. So and so is doing twenty five oh, yeah. hour weeks. Just, I'll, I'll answer Johnny this just, for yeah, you. Yeah, he can. <laughs> Johnny Smirk, so I think there's a good answer. His coming. training plan would go as he would come ride with us, and he did not really ride through the winter, so he'd come ride with us, get sick, and not ride for like two weeks. <laughs> And then once he felt so better, he'd gas. come ride with this again. <laughs> full gas. And then get sick again. <laughs> high volume, high intensity, yeah. get sick. That was his, up, that was his cycle from like December. So were you like a big group ride guy? I liked them, especially like the early morning <laughs> ones where like you and I started to get to spend more time together. And then like G-Pack, the one that yeah. we did last night of like, I love those like super fast short ones. Because I don't know how to describe it, but I would use them as like a metric of like, which was probably not the right way of going about it. But for me, it was like, okay, like I'll spend a couple of weeks doing my own thing and then I'll go back to Peddler. I'll go back to G-Pack and let's just Mm -hmm. see how it goes. Let's see if I can attack for longer or I can pull the group for a certain amount of time and not die. Mm -hmm. Like that was, that was kind of what I would use them for. And it was fun because like I got to, I got to know a lot of people um, through that. And then I would do some grind city rides like, and some of the like local training group stuff around here. Like it was just, I would just kind of use them as like a social thing. And then the faster ones, like a performance metric. Gotcha. So, so all group rides. Yeah. I would say like, I would go through like spurts. Okay. He loved the, the going hard zone. Yeah. The I'm like going like 22 miles an hour. Gotcha. Yes. That was his favorite. Not the super hard zone. The I'm in the pointless zone all day. Gotcha. A lot of gray zone. A lot of gray zone. Mm -hmm. Love the gray zone. I'm trying to think. Uh, let me see how long I can. Right now. Let me see how long I can pull for. I want to call out right now. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yes, but I won't. It's Uh, so funny. But then you'd come ride with us, and it was the classic, like, wanted to ride so hard, and we're trying to do a long ride. And that's why he'd blow himself, too. (laughs) Like, dude, what are you doing? Mm Gotcha. Major wins from 2022. What what would you say? I I'd say eighth of the Joe Martin crit purely because that's what got me my one upgrade. Gotcha. Um, and that was that was just a huge one for me because it was like, hey, like I did it. Like yeah. I I got the one upgrade. I get to I get to go to Pronats now. And then after that, and that's where he had the flat tire. Right? Yeah. I was a year. Yeah. Was you a guys kind of jumbled that up off. a little yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get through. Um, 
we get the one upgrade. And right after that was uh, Tulsa Tough. And that was like, a, I had been nervous going into crits before. And that was like a totally different one of like, you're asleep in the middle of the night and you pop up like you've come out of an exorcism. Just like, oh my gosh, I'm about to race Tulsa Tough. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like watching all like the hype videos and stuff from all the different teams and just like, I don't, I might not make it through a single day. And, you know, the first two, the first day was just, nah, like, it was kind of mad. Like, got caught in a crash in the last lap. Like, didn't go down, but just, like, you know, at that point, like, you're, it's over. And then the second day was, like, one, uh, Johnny was off the front basically the whole race, and I was singing Foo Fighters, My Hero, in my head the whole time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then we get to the end, and it's like, hey, I just finished, like, top quarter of that race and like i was like involved like that was fun like i got to like be on the front at times like rip corners and pass dudes like uh, this is sweet and then we get to cry baby and i had kind of written off that day of like this is in my head the course that suits me the most but like i'm gonna be so tired it's so hot like i this just this so isn't the gonna positive go well. self-talk was uh it was not at a high not at a high it was not i was literally more concerned with taking care of like it sounds like kind of a dorky thing to say i was more concerned of making sure that my teammates had like ice socks and like that we were all good you were one the, of them, the soignier instead basically of the... <laughs> i was one of them was doing the one two race before and i was like he had like broken a helmet i was like finding him kit like all before like i literally was running around the course the whole time before i even started the race and uh it's a good warm-up oh without, it was a great warm-up without him even knowing that's probably the best thing for him because <laughs> he wasn't in his own head yeah. for yeah. hours and I, uh, we get into the race. I didn't even realize that feeding was a thing in that race. There was no one even feeding me. And we get halfway through the race, and it's like, I'm in this now. I'm not going to be in it for much longer because there's no bottles on my bike, and it's like 120 degrees, and like this is not going to go well. And out of nowhere, it was like, I just feel this magical cooling, which is like, okay, this is me passing out. And it's actually Johnny right next to me dumping water down my neck. <laughs> Might have been scratch. We don't know. But, uh, <laughs> Certainly sticky. Yeah. And then it was him, and I remember, uh, I think, was it Josh, maybe? Was he in that race? Mm -hmm. So I remember it was the two of y'all. Like, each one, you gave me a bottle at one point, and then I think he did. And then I just remember it was you and then uh, Brandon Harry at one point. Both of y'all said, you've got this. And I just remember, like, these two guys are, like, paying attention right now. Like, this is... It was, again, like, I just had these little fangirl moments throughout races, just because, like, I'm a fan of the sport. Mm -hmm. And it was just, like, this cool, like... I can do this. Like, mm -hmm. this is, it was like, you know, instantly like heart rate goes down, power goes up. Like I got this. And then like other people from other teams that I knew started like handing me bottles. And it was like, it was this cool thing. Like, Did all a few these beer hand ups. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, we don't baby. know what was in those bottles, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And then I think I ended up, what, I might've been like 20th or 21st or something like that. Like in my head, like was like, you know, okay, cool. Like a, top 20 but then i remember getting a text from you right afterwards of just like hey that was awesome and just this like cool like i remember going up to all of you guys in the blazers tent and just like wanting to say thank you and everyone just like setting me down dumping ice on me like it was just this cool You're like, like do i look that bad yeah pretty much it was like <laughs> it was obvious yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it was just this cool like wow like that that just happened like that was probably the best ride i've ever had and i didn't even expect it yeah and like i got so many people reaching out of like that was awesome like so does that did that change your confidence level absolutely going into future races absolutely it so was that sort was of like one of the, those like gotcha. hey if nothing else when the racing is hard i can do well all right so let's fast forward now even more mm -hmm. to off season so now is when you start working uh yeah. with johnny and so what what sort of change there and johnny i you can kind of jump in here as well 
I'll I'll throw this in and and, and this will go with what you're okay. asking. Uh, lob this at JB. Um, I'm picking up that Mason, you might have a not maybe confidence, but you easily get in your own head oh, as absolutely. far as you know, mainly confidence. But um, how have you guys addressed that side of things? I mean, you see it with a lot of athletes in general, especially like if you're pretty new at cycling, you have this idea that I guess some of it you haven't raced for that long, so you don't know where your actual fitness is going to fall. So you believe you're not as good as you are. Um, so the, I mean, the biggest thing you can tell most people in general is just like the calmer you are leading into an event, probably the better it's going to go. And if you're in your own head before, you're already manifesting how it's going to go. Um, so it's really just relaying that and relaying and helping them to just calm their mind prior and actually giving them the confidence leading in that you are as good as like, this is the facts and whether those facts are you going to finish or be at the front or be mid pack, whatever it is, you can achieve that goal and actually believing that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think even like, uh, like racing at different times of the year, you have to understand that you're going to be fitter at different times and setting up expectations with where your fitness is right now mm-hmm. and understanding that so-and-so is rolling right now. So like, that's a bad, like d- comparing yourself to them right now at this time of year, you could easily be equivalent to that later, but you have to set up the expectation. Well, that's some of it. You have to each individual athletes all have each individual goals. So maybe your goal is the beginning of the year and you need to get results or do this in the beginning. Then of course you're going to be fitter, but it's always remembering that and remembering when you're talking to the athlete that whenever your time of the year is, is when you're going to, that's when we're peaking and trying to be most mm-hmm. fit. So some people that could be July, some people that could be March, um, but helping them understand that. And especially when you are in the season, March through July, I'd like to peak from March mm-hmm. through July, uh, September. And maybe I actually I like just peaking all year to be honest. Yeah. Full year peaks. <laughs> Straight to gravel. To December. Yeah, Straight you know, to gravel. Yeah. And, uh, I don't I I don't peak. I plateau. I yeah. <laughs> and then just stay up there. Just forever. I've just been plateaued for seven years now. Seven years, seven years <laughs> so how would you guys approach the the off season? Um. Well, as like the coach, some of it is say Mason is a very new professional. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be his first actual year, we'll say, actually hitting the big races right from the beginning. So as the coach leading in, it's one of those, like, especially with the goals that he has, you want their name to be relevant right from the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so compared to maybe some people that their goal might be certain periods, we wanted to come in a little fitter than, say, some people sometimes. Because in cycling... For some reason, if you do well in the beginning of the year too, people remember that. And then maybe you plateau for a little bit, but then if you hit it again at the end of the year, it's like, oh yeah, I remember that guy's been... And they kind of forget that. They they Mm -hmm. kind of forget that middle zone in pro cycling sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, So like leading in, that was kind of the the goal. Um, And even like in cycling now, pro cycling in particular, like three peaks is kind of like what you can do in a year. so that's kind of like leading into so the So is that kind of the approach of, you guys are going with is more of like a three-peak, two-peak? I would call it a three-peak. Three-peak. Yeah. Okay. So what are the big goals? So you're on a new team mm-hmm. um, this year. And like, is there how, – how are you weaving personal goals in with team goals? 
So the personal goal is just it's growth in the sport. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of have always said going into it that I want to go as far as I can go. So it's always looking at like whatever team that I've gotten on. Okay, what's the next step above? <clears throat> and so right now, <clears throat> their big thing is basically trying to be more involved in competitive at races, which works for me. Because um, with Cliff Bar this year, uh, it's now Cliff Family Drifters. Um, and basically wanting to do well at some of the bigger crits. So started off with Tucson bicycle classic. Mm-hmm. That was <clears throat> sort of a warm up for a lot of guys. And for me was, I'm gonna grab some water. He's already talked so much. His throat hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's chasing you at GPAC the night before <laughs> lungs are still, uh, exploded, but, um, no. So basically started the year off wanting to do well at Tucson bicycle classic. It's a big field and just wanting to get, you know, a couple of good noteworthy results. And then aside from that, it's really just consistency. Um, which I think was one of the big things that we worked on even this winter of having such a like way more consistent of a plan was, uh, kind of the previous years was way more just like straight up, straight down. I'd either be on the front of the race or I'd be off the back of the race sick. And it's just, yeah, trying to, trying to kind of stay a little bit more, I guess, even, um, Mm -hmm. In between those peaks, uh, and again, Johnny will know a lot more about this than I will, um, but the personal goal is just moving up in the sport, um, and the great thing with Cliff and having those guys is they're so on board with that, Like because I think one of the best ways to put it is the owner and the one that runs it, Dylan, basically put, like, your growth coincides with our growth. So, yeah, it's basically just, I don't know, get trying better. to go out there and, what's that? Yeah, I was going to say, just get get better together, right? Yeah, Continue exactly. And it's been so cool because it's such a good group of guys to do that with. And they're all so fired up about that. And yeah, it's just, it's been like, could not have asked for a better setup with that. Um, and just even having like more wisdom to draw from. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think personal goals for me really is getting into pro nats again and then doing well at that, hopefully. And then really aside from that, just trying to, I mean, shoot, we were talking about this the other day, just like, you know, getting those races where it's consistent, you can try and get those top tens, top fives. And then, you know, some of them of taking that crazy risk and just, you know, sending it at some point, you know, just seeing what happens, even if it's, you get caught and get blown right off the back. It's like, Hey, you know, I tried. Um, so yeah, just trying to go for that. Um, so was there, were there any, uh, JB, were there any like major limiters that you picked out in like his fitness that you guys worked on in the off season or are working on presently? Well, the hardest was like, he was used to just riding hard all the time. Like I already kind of, um, said, so really, I mean, the biggest was one, he never even had a consistent, like actual training. And you see this a lot with newer cyclists or just getting into it. They'll ride really hard for three days or what they think is endurance, but they're really riding like zone three, zone four a lot. And then they're cooked for days. So then they take a bunch of time off. And he just had this weird cycle of no consistency at all. Like he would never, he'd have one week where he would do a lot of hours and then he would have like two weeks of like five hours. Um, So really like the biggest limiter was leading into you. And then he'd get, well, and then with that through the season, since he had no actual like good foundation, he'd Mm -hmm. get sick all the time. He'd be pretty good at one race because he is like good athlete, but that was his natural ability really. And then two weeks later, he'd have like strep throat. So really like leading into the winters, like you one need to take actual time off after the season and just restart. Can you repeat that for everyone? Well, this actually goes to everybody in general. If you're doing like a full season or have big goals in general is people then automatically want to go straight back into it. And even with the three peaks, like 
in cycling now in particular like old school used to be like you'd end the season take like three four weeks off but now it's kind of turned into like after each major peaking goal you take like five to seven days off in the season and then kind of restart from there and then at the end of the season it's like two weeks instead of four weeks for the whole big period um so really like for the winter it was one you just need to start at a good foundation and it's just going to be riding actual zone two and like actually figuring that out and going off a heart rate versus just power such a big misconception a lot of times like my zone twos will say 200 watts but really when they're doing that after two hours for like heart rates in zone three which then you're just in that gray zone again yeah the fatigue resistance Mm -hmm. isn't there to be actually be able to stay zone two heart rate with zone two power yeah at which point you need to scale down so that you're not overstressing that body I think, I think that's a big misconception in training in general is that zone two heart rate and zone two power do not always correlate um and, and especially for like if you're doing road racing and you don't have that good foundation the thing is with road racing is you're sitting in that zone for a long time mm-hmm. but if your heart rate is taking off or you haven't actually done it then you're not going to have um the ability to actually do it so figure like you, when we're finishing these longer rides, if your heart rate drift is out of control, then you still need to like keep working in that zone. Um, so really like through the winter, it was just getting them consistent and actually like building a good foundation before we even built on that. Mm-hmm. And just him alone actually getting a good foundation and good um, base miles, we'll call it, was a massive boost in his fitness in general and his sickness I mean, you got sick maybe once this winter, yeah. which that happens to anybody through That's the winter. That's actually really damn good for yeah. this mm-hmm. winter. Yeah, exactly. And we winter. did a whole podcast on how bad the winter mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And last winter, you were sick like every other week. Constantly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, My coworkers had the joke of, what's wrong with Mason today? <laughs> <laughs> and Just it, play but hooky it, off riding. But it really just, because it, it turned into him riding so hard, he'd get himself sick, and then he would be in that weird cycle, but he actually like, properly built his body up to work mm-hmm. handling the volume and um the higher intensity a lot better taking an off season was huge too like i that was even just mentally that was so great i mean i remember sitting in the miami airport and it's like all right we're gonna go get like some nachos like we're gonna go like let's just actually like enjoy that we've done a lot like a long hard season mm-hmm. let's take weeks and actually just get healthy and you know actually sleep like have a social like not that you can't have a social life and train but like that's one of the great things is having balance being able to do that but just actually like get away from the bike like go like it might drive you a little crazy the first week or so but like go just enjoy like not being an athlete every day and just taking care of yourself and being healthy and just feeling good so then it's like we get back into training and it was kind of felt like i could start from scratch again which i think was kind of what was needed mm-hmm. of like let's Let's just start over. Let's do these rides at 180 watts, 190 watts, and just cruise and like actually learn how to do it properly. Mm-hmm. And I think you build confidence with that. I mean, that's been one of the nice things about Johnny's experience mm-hmm. and the amount of time he spent at the high end of the sport mm-hmm. is you're you're kind of wanting to follow along the path that he has he has also done. Mm-hmm. So the confidence in knowing, well, okay, if he's telling me I should do this, and if mm-hmm. he's doing this himself, like okay, I can, I can trust in the fact that that's the best thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. So were there any, like, um, you know, you, you mentioned before that you didn't really have a clue about fueling and hi- hydration. Is there, are there things that you guys have adapted to changed even just daily nutrition or, you know, hydra- what, you know, 
anything that we've we've uh, you know changed there that has pr- seemed to be a a big improvement. So they, well, I guess it was probably the other night. Made those the running McNuggets, show, I know nothing about those... food. <laughs> and one of the biggest changes for me was because I was you know like working and training and stuff and just really didn't understand balance and. I don't think like I was horrible about cooking for myself, like was always eating out like and one of the biggest things I remember it started with eggs and toast of like whenever we'd hang out or like go ride, we'd have eggs and toast in the morning. And I remember like, oh, this is really good. And then I just started eating like it's not like I have some like perfect, amazing diet, but it was like just go to the grocery store, like get just some very simple things and eat that. Find what you like. And like it's, you know, down to, you know, I eat peanut butter and jelly for lunch. Like that's, you know, it's what little kids eat. But like it's simple. It's like. You know, I feel better. Better like, than a Big Mac. Yeah, yeah. it's what, way better what, than, yeah. What was that thing you were eating all the time? Um, not Pop-Tarts. What was it? Oh, toaster strudels. <laughs> Look, I can say my first year and some change was powered purely <laughs> off of toaster strudels, Pop-Tarts, and Breville Espresso. Um, that one's for That's well. the diet right there. <laughs> yeah. Diet of champions right there. That could also be why he was sick all winter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what once micronutrients yeah. uh, started coming into the mm-hmm. equation, the body started feeling a whole yeah. lot better. It's like, man, I actually have like energy now and I sleep better. It's great. Hey, my skin looks great now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just it literally was down to like just the simple things of just like just eat real food. And like when you're on the bike, like just like think about your stomach. Think about like how many like doing gut training rides, like uh-huh. things like that. Of Just like actually pay attention to what works for you. Um, and little simple things like what we were talking about the other day of like you're taking down all these carbs you have to have water to absorb it it's just like those little simple things that like unless someone tells you like or you go do the research on your own you're just not going to know about Mm -hmm. so it's just like kind of just these little simple things that just all add up yeah you gotta just kind of chip away i mean you're i mean let's face it you're still very new (laughs) yeah (laughs) still very new to the sport i think you've learned a lot in a short amount Mm -hmm. of time uh and that is part of the reason why you've you know kind of rocket shipped up to the level that you're at in such a short amount of time. Um, so like, you know, last kind of thing, and we've talked about a little bit with taking the breaks and, and triple peaking and stuff like that. But are there any other major things that you guys are incorporating? Cause this, the season's long, Mm -hmm. like, uh, that you guys are incorporating so that you make it through a long season, hitting those peaks without truly plateauing or just go, you know, getting all you're working yourself into a hole basically i mean some of it is a well-balanced life in general if you get so focused in mentally you'll burn out before anything so that's like for any athlete really at especially a higher level is remembering like if you're getting so focused you're going to mentally burn out so reminding that as well like just relax follow the process but also like still in, enjoy yourself um, I think it's been like a, a good one. And then really like training wise, also just making sure not overdoing it because even he is still new to cycling. Um, so it's not like he has years of built up and all that. So it's like, you got to remember it's still a, it's still a process and it takes time. Um, so don't, get too gung-ho yeah you still have yeah. to keep good awareness on yeah. Yeah. main like building a foundation mm-hmm. still yeah. it's not like someone who's raced for 15 mm-hmm. years mm-hmm. that yeah. has that massive foundation built like someone who's newer to the sport should be doing less intensity mm-hmm. and more base style stuff mm-hmm. throughout the year and should almost be 
you know, on the underside of training versus the overside. Yeah, exactly. Because especially like with the long season, like you don't actually need to do that much like super high intensity because you're going to naturally get that from the races already. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more high intensity you do, and then if you're racing on top of that, it's going to just wreck you, especially with doing crits. Like you almost don't really need to do any above zone four work because you're already going to get all of that week in and week out. And then if you're trying to do that also during the week on like a Tuesday or Wednesday, you're going to be wrecked by like May. Yeah. Um, and then you're also just going to, you might as well just keep doing endurance in zone three through the week, even in the season. So otherwise you pull, will be pulling wrecked. that section out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> clip. That's going to be a clip. That one's going on. The, well, uh, this, is, this is where it can be challenging. You know, most vast majority of the people that we deal with aren't those that are training. But even but the thing is, even... If you're just a group ride guy, we'll yeah, say, yeah, yeah. even if you're the fastest or slowest guy in the group ride, you're going to get that high intensity right there. Exactly. Like if you're going to the fast group ride in your city, that's going to be your very, very high intensity right there. Mm-hmm. So then if you're trying to do high intensity also, like I'm talking very high intensity. So we're talking like really high zone four, zone five, zone six stuff. Then if you're doing that also on your own, Two days a week, we'll say one day a week, you will feel the effects. And then the group rides that you're doing on yeah, the weekend. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's going to be zero quality. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I guess the, the benefit and kind of where I was going to go with it was like, you know, if you got a person who's a cat four, they go and race a weekend. Weekday and, crits, man. And their crits, yeah. are, crits are super short. They go and do the group rides, not super long, intensity super high. And essentially, it's a whole lot of training that kind of what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Lots of high intensity, Mm -hmm. not much that actually keeps that foundation built and that plateau injury, whatever ends up happening. Mm -hmm. You don't don't have the results that you're wanting. The high end isn't there anymore because you're doing so much Mm -hmm. of it and the body's worn down. And a lot of folks end up like, okay, well, I need to do more high intensity stuff. Like even I found personally, like when I actually pretty much strip mainly high intensity and i don't really do above zone four i'm the snappiest i can be actually when i get to the races because i actually still have it in the system Mm -hmm. so if i do in training i'm doing a bunch of high intensity by the time i actually get to either a group ride or race i can just kind of stay at that like grind pace and and i can't go above it Mm -hmm. but when i actually don't do it and i just let the races get that um training for me for then the next race that's when i do the best market yeah <laughs> that one's going <laughs> that i mean that pretty i mean that's a pretty good summary and and i think for what like everything that you guys have gone through even ha- applies to everyone who races bikes and wants to improve as a cyclist yeah. mm-hmm. i mean it's just it's a process you can't always beat yourself to death uh you know you need to build a foundation and not just go hard all the time um, I mean, and then be aware, like as you level up or as you improve, you start putting greater expectations on yourself and the desire to win, get a result, whatever. It can be easy to have your mindset of I'm only as good as my last workout or I'm only as good as my last race. Johnny and I have talked quite a bit about this, whereas we want people to like be aware of the trend, be yeah. aware of, of where you're going in the process not every day is going to be great. Not every race is going to be great, but 
your goal is to think long term, think about the trend and and take take the wins along the way and don't beat yourself mm-hmm. up on that, the days where it doesn't that's go well. the thing with cycling in general too say like other sports you have very limited events you do maybe but with cycling it's like especially cycling we do so like you do so much that the thing is you can't win everyone too even use the top riders in cycling they actually win very little in comparison to how much they're racing mm-hmm. when you actually think about it they do like 80 race days a year they win like five a year mm-hmm. yep clip it <laughs> <laughs> there's another one Keep clipping we're just gonna we're gonna just make the last like 10 minutes of this podcast like the whole podcast <laughs> just all youtube shorts that's <laughs> yes, right all right yeah now that's awesome guys i appreciate you guys coming in and giving your time and, and kind of outlining a lot of this stuff because it is really relevant. So Mason, appreciate you uh, yeah. being on today. Uh, thanks everyone for hanging out, listening, watching. Catch you guys next time. See you later. <laughs> Adios. Peace.